This is the Property Solopreneur Podcast, and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello, welcome to another episode. And today we're talking about networking. Is it fun or torture? And I'm afraid we all fall into one group. There are those who love networking, can't think of a better thing to do with their time. And others just, you know, it looms up on the calendar and they hate every single minute of it. But it's got to be done. So let's find a way through to make it more fun for all of us. Why do we need to do it? Well, we need to do it because we're not an island. We are solopreneurs, but we need to know what everybody else is doing. And that's both in the business area and in the fact that new ideas come along that just might be what we need. So networking back in the room is what we're going to talk about, because I think that networking online is different and we'll do that in a different time. And also all the social media networking that we do, that isn't the same as actually being out there, shaking hands, looking someone in the eye and making a real contact. It's actually a shortcut. You can cut through all those bits and pieces online just by going out once and meeting someone in the flesh. So why do we do it for our businesses? Well, we all need to improve no matter how good we think we are, because the market moves. And for those people who have not been around very long, you'll be amazed at the transformation in the whole property space since I've been in in 20 years. Just an example, when I first started in property, somebody brought an amazing piece of software to the market, which would help landlords, but you had to buy it and download it and it stayed with you. And then you bought the download upgrade and, and you know every year you paid a bit more. And then it suddenly became on a cloud and you it's stored up there, but you still bought it. And now, of course, it's just actually like zero. You pay monthly and it all happens. So there is a progression on these things and you won't learn about them unless you're out there networking because it you know you just won't stumble upon it. Now, I also knew that I had a business that I had set up. It was established. It was working well. But I still wanted to know how other people had done what they were doing because we're all different. And what I looked for was one nugget a night. When I first started networking, I was going to one a week. By the time I finished, it was one a month because that's how I needed to do it. So just one nugget a time. And that could be almost anything. And my nugget could be a new piece of software, a new piece of excitement coming in on the property market, or a new person that I could add to my list of people to use, not just for the fact that I needed funding, but people who I wanted to use for the professional sides of my business. So that was my nugget. And then I also wanted to be seen because 
certainly I was working in Stoke-on-Trent, but I lived elsewhere. But by going to the local meetings, people would come up to me and go, oh, I know who you are. You're so-and-so. Now, it did help, of course, the fact that I appeared on quite a few people's online courses as a mentor. So people were already used to my voice. But it was extraordinary sitting next to them in a meeting when I'd be sort of just talking about niff-naff and trivia, really. And they would suddenly go, I know exactly who you are. And that was fun. Because straight away, I felt warmth towards them and they felt warmth towards me. And we did do a lot of work that way. But the nice thing about meeting people and for them to see you is that you can decide straight away. Oh, it's funny how we do it, isn't it? You can decide straight away whether or not this is someone you're going to feel comfortable with. And that's really, really important if they're going to work with you financially. Because most of us in property need to use other people's money opium, isn't it? Um, And where are you going to find these people? Well, of course, you can find them almost anywhere. But the quickest and easiest way is to go to proper networking meetings, be they property or business. Because funnily enough, and this is something we all forget, they are looking for us. They've done it probably several times. They've lent people and earned good interest. They 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 understand the system. They know what they're doing. So they will go to meetings, not to push on their business and to discover something new about property. No, they're going there just to see who's there. Who can they now work with? Who can they lend money to? Who can they do a JV with? And they are going to be watching you for some time because they're not going to jump in on the first meet. It may take six months, but they are there watching and listening. And that's why it's so important when you come to a new meeting that you give it time to develop. Unless you walk, well, occasionally you do, you walk into a room and you go, no, this is so not for me. But that's fine. Now, how do you make it work for you if you are introverted or very, very shy? Because those of you who are, this this whole thing is an absolute nightmare. It's been quite bad enough driving to somewhere you've never found and parking in a car park you don't know and all the rest of it. Now you've got to work your way through heaps of people to find someone to talk to. Well, a great friend of mine who is very introverted said, you've just got to be there as soon as the doors open. You're the first through the doors. Why? Because you've then got the whole space to yourself. You can have a quick chat to the hosts. You can, you know, they'll know what you want and you'll understand what the meeting does. You can have a quick chat to all those lovely volunteers who will be there because they're good at networking and friendly. Fantastic. And he also said to me, you then choose where you want to sit in the room. It's up to you to where you'll feel comfortable. And you go and claim that space with your bag and you can either stay there and people will come to you or you can go out and network at the speed and numbers that you want to do. Now, again, if you're not wanting to go and be the life and soul of the bar afterwards, don't be. Just make sure you do what you need to do actually in the body of the meeting. And be prepared. You know, don't look startled when someone asks you a question about your business. You know, that's what you're there for. So have some good answers up your sleeve. You know, and if people don't want to talk to you, that's fine. It's not personal. You've no idea what's going on with them. So just go and ask somebody else or go literally sidle up to another group. If you're not a a very keen person on being the lead questionnaire, sidle up to a group and just listen and nod. We can all make sort of, you know, "Mm," noises at the right point and everyone think you're joining in. Fantastic. And have an icebreaker. If you're new to a meeting, ask silly questions like, well, they're not silly really, am I allowed to bring my drink in here? Because the wonderful thing about property meets generally is that they seem to be awash with tea, coffee, alcohol and things to eat. 
you know, people make a night of it. That's the fun thing about it. So where do you find these opportunities, these networking groups? Well, extraordinarily, once you start to find them, they are absolutely everywhere. Yet if you talk to outsiders or people who are just starting out in property, it's completely invisible. So, you know, the traditional property groups can be found in the back of the magazines like Property Investor News and your Property Network magazines. But you can Google them. They'll be on Eventbrite and they will be around and about. And of course, they, the non-property meetings such as the um, Chamber of Commerce and I think I heard one called something like the Naked Networking Business somewhere in the south of England. It's fully closed, you'll be glad to know. It's just it means that you are just talking business. Popped up when we Googled uh, with a group of mine, where do I go for networking in my area? I used to love going to a breakfast meeting because you by 8.30, it was all done and dusted and I could do my day's work. It's up to you. It's never been easier. There are some golden rules. No, be prepared. You are there for networking. This is not a social arrangement. If you want to go and socialise, go elsewhere. You're there for business. So take your cards. Now, I know that some of you are going to say, Rachel, cards are terribly old fashioned. Yeah, they are. But you know, they work. They're not still being produced because they're an outdated, nice to have. They're being produced because they work. Why do they work? Because many of us, English isn't the first language. So the chances are we're not going to know how to spell their name or they'd know to spell our name. And there are people like me who are monstrously dyslexic. If I can be uh, spell something wrong, I will. So if I'm going to take down your name, I might get a bit of that wrong. Your telephone number, I'm definitely going to reverse at least one digit there. And then your email address. Oh, I mean, the chance of me bodging it up are really, really high. So give me a card and I will be eternally grateful. Because again, I don't have to stop and try and work out something in my phone now. I can put that straight into my pocket, give you one of mine, and we can then agree that we'll talk later. Fantastic. And dress appropriately. So I know some people love to give the impression that they're full-time hands-on on their site. Well, is that really the impression you want to give to a JV partner or an investor? So give yourself half an hour just to sort of change into something that you know, you feel is appropriate. Now, I'm not saying it has to be the full three-piece suit as if you're going to court. Most people are in jeans, but they're clean and tidy. That's what I mean by looking appropriate. And interact. You really aren't a hologram. You'll be amazed at the number of people who go to these things and just stand looking absolutely startled the entire time. And if you're looking for something very specific, the successful networker knows why they've gone and they've got their pitch ready and they've practiced it. You know, they've done the Mr. Bean thing with the hairbrush in front of the mirror and they've got used to the sound of their voice and they've got used to the sound of themselves asking for whatever it is. But of course, the biggest, most important part of networking is the day after. And that's when you're going to follow up because you've just spent an evening where you've probably bought a few drinks. You had to pay to get there. You may have had to pay for the event and you may have had supper. That's all a cost on your business. So you need to generate the sales from that evening to make sure that you pay yourself back. So don't forget to follow up. And that means you need to put all those lovely new contacts on your spreadsheet where they are. Now, I was solopreneur, as are you. I knew full well that I could only deal with 10 new people every month if I was to give them the interaction that I felt I needed in order to move my business on. So when people at the front of the room said, you've got to get 
every single card, you know, round about 50 per networking meeting. I just knew I couldn't do that. So rather than stressed, I just found the number that was absolutely my sweet spot. And that's what I did and discarded sort of having to overdo it because you don't want to constantly meet the same person and constantly get the same card and for you not to do anything with it. Yeah, that gives out a really bad vibe, doesn't it? But 10 a month I could cope with. And my best friend who really did show the importance and the way to do it was a friend called Dina Honey. And Dina was in property because she needed to earn a lot of money fast after her divorce. And she was absolutely committed to making sure that every single network opportunity paid her back because it cost her to go. So the next morning, after a networking meeting, her morning was basically cleared so that she could contact people. Now, she would have stood up literally at the front of the room or wherever she was in the meeting and leapt to her feet and went, hello, I'm Dina Honey. I'm the girl having the most fun in property. Well, that was 15 years ago and I can still remember her pitch. So it was pretty effective, wasn't it? But The moment she spoke the next morning on the phone, she would say, I'm Dina. Remember me? I'm the girl who's having the most fun in property. And immediately that vision of her would fill the person's mind. Now, not everyone, of course, would pick up the phone straight away. So she'd leave them a voice message, but the same tag would apply. And she would continue for about a week unless they never picked up. You know, they may may have been looking at her phone number going, whoa, no, I can't deal with that. But And this is the other thing that she did and I followed her example, was that she would always send an email. Now, she had a template, no problems with that, but she would top and tail them with a little snippet that personalised it, which meant that you knew what, why and who she was and that it was all about you. And that was also very good for GDPR because it proved that, yes, I had given her a card. And yes, I had asked her basically to put her on my newsletters and things. You know, I'd given permission. And this was a paper trail that she could follow and make sure she was following the rules. She was very good. She only wanted 10 people at any one time to work with. But this whole system allowed her to sieve people out and for people to take themselves away if they didn't like how she worked. She would lay it on the line how she worked and you either did or didn't do what she wanted to do. But she wanted so many investors who wanted to buy her deals straight away and then never see them again, you know, see the deal again. And she wanted to work with a set number of investors who she would find the property for, get it done up and then rent it out for them. And she knew how long she was going to do that for, which was roughly five years. Very successful business. But that was how she did it. Because if she'd met you last night, By today, you were on one of her email lists. If you were an investor, you are now on her list to say, come and see what I do. Come up for a day in Swindon. These are the days I'm going to be doing it. Which one are you booking on? And if they were deal buyers, she'd be going, you know, do come and see what I'm doing. You can't buy a deal from me until you've signed my terms and conditions, but we can talk about that later. But this is an example of one that I sold last month. And so they went onto that list never wasted an opportunity. Well, of course, as I say, I did run, um, I co-hosted the Bucks Property Meet for many years. It ran for over 10. And we were always amazed by the number of people who would come, but had absolutely no idea why they were there. Well, hang on a second. Unless this is your first ever meeting and you're there just to see whether you like property, you should have some uh, inkling about why you're there. 
and they would find themselves leaping to their feet to do a pitch and then glancing around the room like a rabbit looking into the headlights and then sinking down. Well, that doesn't do any good. So if you're not ready, don't say anything. The opposite end of the spectrum, of course, was the person who just could not stop talking. Um, And they knew it was 60 seconds, but in their mind, it said, you've got an hour to speak. So they would get to their feet and we'd be almost taken year by year through their life story. And that was always very difficult for me as a host because I'd have to be find a way of closing them down gently, but firmly, because we only had so much time in the evening to get through everything. But again, that didn't create a very good impression to those actually watching that picture. So what you do and say it can be influencing what happens later. Because as I say, those people you want, the quiet funder, they're probably sitting on a table now and surprise, surprise, they haven't got a light bulb above their head saying, you know, I've got 300,000 waiting to invest with someone. No, they're just sitting there waiting to find out who they're going to go and talk to next. And they, the funders really would come up to us who at the front of the room and go, you know, I I had a really successful time with Deborah, but she hasn't got a new project at the moment. And I've got, you know, a few hundred thousand to invest, you know, in today's room, is there anyone I should just be going to have a look at? Now, I wasn't responsible for whether or not it worked, whether that partnership went to anything or they made money together. My view was that I was introducing them to people that I may have heard say, I've got this fabulous new project and I'm looking for this, that and the other. It's up to the person with the deal to then convince the funder that they're worth looking at. But I was in the introduction, the Cupid part of the evening. And the other thing is, don't worry if you're new to this. You won't be asked to speak if you really don't want to, because we're not in the business of making people feel awkward or silly. But it was quite fun from the front of the view, at front of the room, seeing people who really thought they were at an auction. You know, if they blinked, I would make them stand up because they would suddenly discover their feet and look down and go, you could see a bubble above their head going, good Lord, look, I've got shoes on, never seen those shoes before. And they would be completely absorbed in their shoes until they were absolutely sure that the danger had passed and my eyes had moved on to the next table. But that's a shame to a certain degree because they probably will have missed a few people near to them who may well have made all their difference. So, you know, if you don't want to speak, don't feel that you have to. There's not enough time for everyone to speak. It's not an auction. And do wear your badge. You know, if you're given a badge when you move in into the room, wear it. Not because it's highlighting you. It's just that it's an awful lot easier to approach somebody with a name on than it is without. Because after a while, you really can't keep asking somebody what their name is. And there are those amongst us who are really, really bad at putting names to faces. Well, don't make it more difficult for us. Just wear a badge. So what do you need to do? Well, you need to go regularly and you will miss that vital moment. So I've always said to everybody I know, if you find a meeting you like, just keep buying a ticket. Don't bother to find out who's coming to speak because it's not just the person at the front of the room that's going to make that meeting for you. So just turn up and participate, you know, make sure that you do talk to everybody who's new. You're not just there to go and talk to people that you know already. Yes, it's fun to go and sit with your friends, but make sure you're meeting the new people or you stop making your networking effective. And that's not what we want at all. Now, some of you are now going, yeah, I've heard everything you said, Rachel. But you see, the problem is there are no networking meetings that suit what I want to do. Well, that's great. Start one yourself. I worked on an independent. I had great fun. John had set it up. John Cox had set it up from the start and it did what he wanted it to do. 
Now, my friend Chris Jones of the Baytree Property Company, she wanted to know more about SAS and you know how the SAS funding works. So couldn't find one in her area. So she first of all researched who could possibly come and speak, and then she went and built her own meeting. And wow, it's a real success. She found a pub which had a good games room in, which was a perfect space for the number she wanted to do it. She did a bit of research and realised that the people who were going to come to her meeting were already in the business as professionals, you know, were very efficient solopreneurs or got small businesses. So afternoon meets were perfect for them. So it was an afternoon meet. She launched it on Facebook, having spoken to all her keen supporters like me and said, will you come along and support me? Well, of course, we crossed the country to go and support her. And she knows that she's not going to grow it because it's the kind of meeting that needs really technical questions and answer sessions. So it's perfect for what she wants to do. So whatever is your niche, whatever is your bent, go and start one yourself if you need to. It's not difficult. And make sure that you get a good speaker and you ask. Now, there are lots of speakers out there. You know, I know full well that some people get very embarrassed about coming up and asking someone like me to speak. Trust me, we love coming and speaking. So never think you're going to be turned down. If you are turned down, it's because we may well be already booked or we just can't get to you. So just go for it. Now, my word, I don't think you were expecting that when you started this episode. So. There is no excuse for not networking. It's absolutely everywhere. And if you overhear someone, we were on a train the other day and we saw a couple eating wedding cake. And for those of you who don't know, one of our buildings that we're doing up is going to be a wedding venue. So we have another company that's going to run that. And my husband literally just leant over and said, I noticed you're eating wedding cake. Are you getting married? And yes, they were. Now, unfortunately, they'd already got their venue. So that was no good for us. But amazingly, they turned out to be jazz musicians and they only live half an hour from us. So they're going to come and do some work for us in the barn. Now that's networking. So that's what I mean. It's absolutely everywhere. Don't just hide your light under a bushel. If you're a solopreneur, you need to find new people to work with as funders and JVs, and you need to find new people constantly to actually work on the professional side of your business. So you've got to keep networking. And if you do get out and about and you do keep adding to your network, trust me, you are going to be a wildly successful property solopreneur. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.